And inhale. And exhale. <laughs> Welcome back to This is Uncomfortable. We're about to go real hardcore. We're about to get as uncomfortable as you probably can in America as a woman right now. Yes. Or over the past couple years. Listen, we've been wanting to do this topic for a while. Um, and I think that it just took us a while to wake, work up the courage for it. Because this is so multifaceted, it is so sensitive, it is so important, and it is so muddy. Yeah. Uh, And we want to be as delicate and as respectful as we can be. And oftentimes with this subject, it's 1,000% emotional. Absolutely. Understandably, of course. Yeah. Um, But we really wanted to provide this platform for people to talk about it, to discuss it, to hear... Maybe some facts, maybe some both sides of the argument kind of thing, instead of just having this immediate visceral reaction where you shut down and get mad, which is common, like my common reaction to something like this. I don't think this is a topic that any of us can talk about, because the thing is, usually, is if it's coming up, it's usually somebody who you you disagree with so viscerally that it's not going to go well, or it's somebody that you agree with enough that, like, there's not going to be a conversation because you are kind of on the same side of it, and I think that that has been a very toxic place Mm -hmm. for the gray areas of this topic to to kind of decay. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think uh, a lot of people's opinions is that you're either one way or the other. It's mm-hmm. very black and white. And I think that there's th- that's just not how it is. No. And there's so much no. gray area and there's so much room for interpretation and different opinions. And it doesn't have to be me versus you or you versus the world or whatever. It really can be kind of this, all right, we don't agree on everything, but we can agree on certain things. I just, this is one of those topics that really highlights for me that we would be much better off if we could see each other's humanity Mm -hmm. because, um, I've met just as many people that are, um, pro-life as I have pro-choice that have had abortions. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that's one of the things that like really highlights it for me is that like, um, even participating in this controversial act doesn't change what you do or don't think about it. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's, that's always been an interesting thing. It's like people whose lives have... People who have been better parents to the kids they had later because they they made this choice. This. Even if it's a choice that they regret, like these people... Uh, it changed them. It changed them. And, it, it, and, and I don't want to say it benefited their life, but you made that choice for a reason. Yeah. And it's not an easy place to get to. And I think the reason that we don't have this conversation is that nobody wants to talk about what got them there. And nobody wants... I think... There's an inherent shame in the fact that, like, oh, you made that choice. Yeah. And, like, it, it, it's not shameful to rationally know for yourself whether – to know your limits, honestly, yeah. whether they be physiological or emotional or financial. Mm-hmm. Like, and okay, and I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, there's several disclaimers that I think that yes. we want to give. First and foremost is that we're going to try our best to not get emotional about this and to come from a point of being a moderator – rather than a debater. Yeah. And really just kind of lay out the facts that we can find. I don't know about you, but my experience was it's very hard to find an unbiased source for this information. And so hours and hours of research went into this on my end, which was insanely depressing and very difficult, but I'm so happy I did it because I learned a lot and I feel like I have a better platform to kind of talk about it. Um, But I really want to dial back the emotion that I have against with it because I am very emotional about this topic. And yeah. It's very important, and it is something that I think people should be getting emotional about, but yeah. this podcast isn't for our opinions, it's for our um, 
It's for our ability to lay these yeah, conversations out. to talk out. about it and, you know, have this space where we can talk about uncomfortable things. That's yeah. literally what it is. So. Yeah. What else would you like to okay, disclaim? So um, another disclaimer is that I don't think that there's any way either of us think that we can cover the entire scope of this in one podcast. Absolutely not. I would really like for this to be um, a kind of gate opening. Um, I want I want our email and our you know our social media presence to be an open place that you as listeners can come to us and you know, uh, bring, bring your opinions and bring your reactions and, uh, continue this conversation later because I, listen, another disclaimer that I would like to cover is that I, I feel like whether or not we put our opinions into it, Katie and I will probably kind of fall on a similar side of this. And I want to fully acknowledge that and say that like, in no way is this supposed to be like a one-sided debate. I just, um, this is these are the opinions that we have as your two hosts. But uh, another thing that we've talked about is that we would really gladly welcome to talk to someone and have them on, honestly, and record with us about um, more of a um, differing opinion. A differing opinion. Yeah, yeah, both sides of the spectrum. I'd love to have someone, or just if you choose to share, which um, power to you. I would appreciate it if you had that vulnerability with us. Uh, you can either choose to keep it between us and just share just because you need to share or whatever, mm-hmm. or you can say that you're okay with us saying it on here because I think that sharing your story is a very, very uh, scary thing. Yeah. And if you don't want it to be out there in the world, that's fine. I, yeah. I respect that. Yeah. I just, there is also a lot of power. We've talked about vulnerability before, but there is a lot of power in um, sharing that and yes. kind of. Creating an experience that shows others that you, they are not the only ones. Which, like I said before, I know more people who have had abortions than who have not. Mm-hmm. And um, I think whether... I mean, that's obviously not any one of those people is for me to name. But that's... It really goes to show you that like this is a, this is a topic that's very close to all of us. And it makes all of us, I think, Squeamish. similar levels of uncomfortable. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um... Do you have any more disclaimers? Do you? I have one more. Okay. This is a very depressing topic, and it took a lot out of me emotionally yesterday. Um, I would just recommend to have a contingency plan in place after you listen to this episode, if you get through the whole thing, to go do something happy and nurturing to your self-worth and your, your self-being, because this is hard. If you can, go take a walk out in the sun to, yeah. in some sunlight, and if it's nighttime, maybe go get some ice cream. Ooh, that sounds good. It sounds like a, I love summer night ice cream. It's Me too. Very cheerful. Um, I think a good place for us to start would be. Would you want to start at history or? Yeah. I okay. Think that's a great place. Would you like? I. You have much more uh, note structure. Well, I, I mean, <laughs> um, <laughs> and it begins. <laughs> Obviously, uh, abortion is the process of ending a pregnancy by removal or expulsion of an embryo or fetus before it can survive outside the uterus, um, and in some cases, while it still can survive. Uh, it's a not fun procedure, I'm sure. I don't think anyone seeks it out. Um, I would like to point out, though, not, again, to immediately start getting into this, but the definition says that it, before it can survive outside of... Right. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I think that's a very important line for another boundary that I'd like to talk about later. Okay. Um, um, yeah, yeah, so, and then, as far as I've found... Uh, this started happening as early as 2700 
BCE. BCE. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been around for a while. Yeah. One of the ads I looked at was from 1842, mm-hmm. and it was like, um, it was written, it was for New York, but it, at that time it, they were still banned. So the the description was kind of like this. Indis- it was like a very like wishy washy way to advertise this yeah. like procedure. Yeah. Which I think was a way that it got done a lot in the 1800s mm-hmm. for sure. But um. Yeah, twenty. Another uh, topic I, that kind of got me thinking about this, not because it's related at all, but because it's an ancient practice that we don't like to talk about, was um, prostitution. Mm-hmm. Just because it made me start thinking that like this is this is literally a trade and like a this is something that we have been doing as long as we have been social creatures. Yeah. So that date doesn't really surprise me at all. Yeah. So, what I saw a lot about um, the ancient. Uh, practice of it was that um, it was it was much more in these like later times like we're talking about eighteen there's okay so twenty seven hundred B C to eighteen forty two we're talking about like what almost four thousand years or something like I that. can't math I, I can't math <laughs> that because that's backwards and I'm really bad at that but um, in that time it seemed that the more uh, societal structure we had the more cultural of a taboo that it became yes so while all of the practices that were fundamental in uh, performing the abortions kind of stayed in the same cycle. Um, the legality of it has always been, it's always been back and forth. It's always, even though it's always kind of been present in society, I've, I, that was one of the big things I saw is that it's legality. When it is legal, it is constantly being challenged. And um, another thing, I don't, I don't remember the um, specific, it was like a huge research project and it was just about abortion in Asia. And that was one of the articles that I had been reading about um the the methods that are used for it, which are just different herbs. One one of the things that it said was literally just um, sharpened objects, mm-hmm. and then um, there was another one that was like different teas and stuff. And those were a lot of the ones that were researched then. Not a lot of those methods haven't really changed a lot. Obviously, mm-hmm. there's the more like sterile like medical versions now, but um, because it hasn't really changed over time, I, I, I mean, it's not. How do I phrase this? Um, it's not something that you need to, it's, I feel crass even say, but, but it's not something that you need to improve on. It's like, if there's, if, if you've found a way to do this thing, then like, there aren't really many different ways that are going to be approached. The big thing that this research found, um, was that the legality of it is the thing that affects the, um, the lethal statistics of it yeah. the most is that, um, the numbers of abortions do not change right. whether or not that it is legal. It does not matter what the community thinks or what the like law of that land is. Yes. Those numbers don't change. The, um, the, the deaths and the complications change when it's illegal was right. the biggest thing that I found of it like historically. I feel like that's you your eyes lit up so yeah so I uh, saw a statistic that countries with uh, restrictive abortion laws have higher rates of unsafe abortions so people who are unskilled or unsanitary or just doing really dangerous things Um, but despite that they still have similar similar overall abortion rates compared to those where abortion is legal and available Mm -hmm. that's exactly what I saw so one of the facts that I noticed about um, the legality of it changing was that when um, when abortions are illegal in certain areas, I had never seen the term reproductive tourism before. And I think that the dangerous thing about that too is that like a lot of these places, it's not even that they um, that they have like legal access. It's that they have lax enough laws that these like 
kind of jerry-rigged. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Like, places can mm-hmm. just be set up, and, like, that's where a lot of, like... Half of the world's current deaths due to unsafe abortions occur in Asia, and that is the statistics that was... It's Andrew Whitaker, Abortion in Asia, and Overview. And it was, like, a... It's a study from 2010. Um, and even, like, okay, so in the 50s, uh, when China made abortion illegal... Um, there were punishments written into the law. And I think that that's something that we're seeing in the United States that I don't know if we were expecting that. I know that you have that highlighted um, to talk about, but I know that Alabama or some of the other states that have those laws um, talk about the the penalties for traveling to to a state that isn't illegal. Oh, okay. And that like there there's already consequences set up in that as like it's like it's already like a premeditated abortion basically huh. so there's like harsher penalties for people who like assist you to get to the other state right. you crossing state lines to do something like that is already like been there's already a penalty that's been created for that so there's a lot that's um that's coming up literally um and there's not even a lot of denying it a lot of these like tactics that are being used for these state laws are more about um creating such a harsh reality that um, Roe versus Wade gets challenged, which I right. think is... Yeah, that's kind of the end game. That's here. the end game here. Roe versus Wade is a U.S. Supreme Court case. Um, the actual, like, what the, what the ruling was in that case was that there was due process providing a right to privacy, protecting a pregnant woman's liberty to choose whether or not to have an abortion. So essentially what this is saying isn't, I think this is why Roe versus Wade gets challenged and why it has been able to uphold a lot of the pressure that it has. That it's not this, unlike a lot of the debates in America, is not about um, the viability of a fetus or the potential of life. This is literally the woman's right to privacy, which is right. one of those. I feel like we're already having a, a, a little bit of a problem, like staying in in one category of this. Right. But I think the reason that it's um, it's okay to skip around is that. This being in 1973, I mean, that's that that's 10 years, like 15 years before I was born. It's, yeah. That's nothing. Yeah. Um, and it has it has been contentious and under debate the entire time that I have been alive. Um, what I think is important about this is that it, it addresses the mother mm-hmm. and not the fetus. And I think that that's something that we um, we forget to do in these cases because I think it's it's so easy in American politics to villainize the mother as like an immediate like evil negligent person for making this choice even though the ability to make that choice is part of your right to your privacy it has nothing to do with anybody else the same way that there you know nobody really can tell you what to do with your family um this is this kind of falls under that umbrella yeah and i think um it's really easy to to get very heated when this becomes about um the life of a baby or uh, when the life of a baby begins. But I think another really important thing to not forget about this is that women in all scenarios, no matter how much humanity you choose to give them, they all have the right to bodily autonomy. Mm -hmm. So um, I think that's the gray area of where it it goes from bodily autonomy to when does life begin so that the baby also has bodily autonomy. I think that's where a lot of these people hit, like this is where the butting of heads happens. Right. As far as I've been able to, narrow it down for myself right so obviously it's 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 not just I mean just debating those two ideas in itself can be difficult Mm -hmm. but this isn't just a matter of here's an idea I have this is an ethical thing it's a moral thing it's a philosophical thing it's biological it's religious legal 
it's about all of these things that encompass within this one topic, and it's it's not just a matter of um, women's rights or fetal rights. It's a, a matter of governmental authority over those things as well. It's so multifaceted, and it's so messy and mm-hmm. hard to wade through the waters that I don't think that there's one you know, right answer for any of it. I think that that's where everyone debates on it, is mm-hmm. that you don't know... I mean, well, it's I, just so hard. I think people, too, like those things that you listed... Um, one person can be talking about it from one of those perspectives, and then another person is giving their response from Absolutely. another one of those perspectives. And the problem with that is that we are not de- debating the legality is not debating the philosophical value of this decision, and it is not debating the 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 moral weight of this. All of those things are separate, and you responding to my legal right to my like yes. autonomy of my body by giving me a biological or emotional or evolutionary reason why I shouldn't do this doesn't even address the same yes. topic that I'm addressing. You you might be discussing right to life, and I might be discussing right to reproductive health. Yes. And can those two things coexist together is, I think, the issue. I think what's really um, controversial about this topic in general is that it really is an intersection of all of those things that you just mentioned. It's... Um, Reproductive health is one thing, but it, it really does... And I know there is... There's that... Every couple months, there's, like, this major argument that comes out. Somebody, like, words something really well on, like, a on like a blog or something, and it gets memed, and it, it goes viral. Yes. But I do think there is value in bringing up that, like, as a country, if we are going to say that this is because we value life, that it is important to note that all of our other actions and our other policies do not reflect that value of life. So but if, then that makes it a much, much bigger issue exactly. than the topic we're talking about. Exactly. Which makes this like a catalyst for so many other issues to be brought to light. Yeah. Which I think this is why this conversation is hard to happen outside of even just this. Because even you and I, after discussing this for weeks and like researching it and knowing what we want to have, we're already jumping around talking about so many things because there's so many different places to approach this from. Yes. So we we basically talked about what it is and essentially the history of it up to Roe v. Wade. Up to Roe versus Wade. So let's stop there mm-hmm. and let's talk about um, just like the fundamental reasons why people might be partaking in this. There's personal okay. reasons, societal reasons, um, maternal and fetal health reasons, like there's cancer. So some of those things, I mean, obviously not wanting to have a kid yet or not ever wanting to have a Genetic child. Genetic abnormalities. Yes. Um... Yeah, kind of, kind of an anomaly that would make it so the fetus wouldn't be viable outside of the womb anyway, or the mother's health would be in danger. But there's also, <clears throat> you know, lack of support. They can't afford it. They've already got kids, and they wouldn't be able to afford more. Or, um, like, the quality of life for your whole family will go down because yes. you can't afford... That's another thing, too, is that's a hard one. Is like, it's not that you don't want family. You have a family, but... Uh, okay, and I'm not... This is going to... Dial back. Okay. I think we're getting into like opinions about it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. But I think that you were on a good path. But I could just tell you were like. No, because I was. I was. That, I yeah. was about. I was about to start. Right. Okay. Thank you for catching me. And honestly, I don't think I'm gonna edit that out because it's good. But okay. Um. <laughs> reset. Rewind. Yes. Where we're okay. Um. People having families who. Like, I don't want to get into my opinions. 
It's not my opinion. It's hard. It's hard not to have an opinion about it. But the thing but is, is it's not about my opinion. I don't. It's I don't want to have opinions about whether or not people have them. I just. But you want to provide rationalizations why people do it. I want to provide contextualization for myself. It's an opinion. Yeah. It's an opinion. Yeah, it's, it's validating it's, it's your whatever thought process you're having. Yeah. Um, so just moving forward from that. Okay, go ahead. There's also, <laughs> I mean, relationships, problems with your partner, uh, the perception that you're too young to have a kid, you're unemployed. Um, there's the cases of rape or incest that result in uh, a pregnancy. Yeah. Um, there's, if you think about uh, China's one-child rule, it's population control or preference for children with a specific uh, sex or even race. Uh, it's disapproval of single or early motherhood from society, thinking that, like, you know, you're, you're too young or you're not married. Yeah. Um, uh, stigmatization of people with disabilities, so you find out that your 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 fetus you, has the potential to yes. have yeah. Um, uh, and then lack of access or rejection of contraceptive methods, so you literally don't even have access to these things. And to so have prevented this thing that you didn't. Yes. Yeah. And then there's also, um, like I said, the maternal and fetal health, and then also if you you get cancer. And you find out that your radiation treatment is going to be detrimental to your child. Yes. It's just, there's so many effing reasons. Yeah. That's what I was trying to get at. Yeah, no, no. I, no, and I appreciate that you, because, and it was funny because as soon as you said that, I was about to like be like, well, do you think the reason matters? And I need to catch myself because that's not my business and that's not why yeah, we're here. That's um, not why we're discussing this. Yeah. Um, I think that the scope of reasons is just one more way Unlimited. to underline yeah. that like, this is an issue that touches on almost all parts of life. Yes. Yeah. And I, at first you don't think that that's, honestly, I didn't think that about this before we were researching this. I was thinking like, okay, well this is, you know, this is one very touchy topic that a lot of us don't want to talk about, but Mm -hmm. I'm starting to realize the reason it's so touchy is that it touches everyone in different ways on many different levels. Everyone could be in this, this potential. In this position. Yeah, absolutely. Because this isn't just about cisgender women and girls. This is about intersex people. This is about trans men and boys. This is about people with other gender identities who have the reproductive reproductive capacity to ha- get pregnant. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's not just women. Mm-hmm. And absolutely. Obviously, those people are targeted. But, I mean, anyone who can become pregnant and has this capability is part of this. Well, I think another thing, too, about these communities that we're talking about is it's one thing as, like, a cisgender, like, feminine-representing women, like, woman to go through a stigmatized pregnancy or be a teen pregnant mom. All of those things, they're all one issue already. To be a person of who's, like, a different gender expression and to be going through that either by choice because you wanted to have a child yeah. or because something happened... Mm-hmm. Add so many layers of complications as to what your what your health is going to be like, what your medical attention is going to be with doctors who are only human and yes. do have their own stigmas and do have their own opinions. Yes. And all of the other layers that get added on that sometimes we don't have to think about mm-hmm. when you are presenting the gender that right. you were born in, you know? Right. So, long story short, there's endless reasons why and... Many, many people are affected by that, and none of our business. We're not going to get into it. We're going to move forward. We're going to move forward. Um, I think this next area that I want to kind of walk into is going to be the hardest place to reserve our opinions for, Mm -hmm. but I think that it's important to talk about because a lot of times when we're having these discussions, 
we may be talking to someone who has an, a different opinion to us, mm-hmm. and they may be saying stuff at us, but we won't necessarily be listening. Yeah. So I employ everyone to listen to what we have to say to both sides of the argument. Okay. Um, because I think that's what effective communication is. Yeah. Listening and processing, not just waiting for your chance to say your side. Oh, girl, you got a whole pro-life section over there? Oh, yeah. Okay, girl. I got a whole pro-life I see you. I see you. I appreciate this. So which side do you want to start on? I would like to start with pro-life because I think a lot of our own opinions, no matter what have come through with uh, everything we've presented, and I would really like to... Yes. Sorry ahead of time. No, 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 no. I, I mean, maybe to them, but I, I think that objectivity is a myth. We can only... We can present as neutrally as we can, but obviously, like, you know, we have our own ideas, but I do think that I've always wanted to hear more pro-life yeah. arguments. I would really like to be able to build an arena that we can have those conversations and actually have those conversations. Right. So the very baseline foundational idea in from my understanding is that pro-life supporters are have the argument that the embryo or fetus is a human with a right to life. Mm-hmm. Boom, bottom line. Okay. Um they consider it morally the same as murder because this person is a living breathing thing that has the right to life. Um they believe that it's reasonable and necessary to outline certain choices for people um, because humans do need boundaries in certain ways. Um, they believe that there's the right to not be killed uh, and it supersedes the right to not to be or not to be pregnant. Okay. Um, <clears throat> they believe in greater, greater legal, legal restrictions, obviously. Um, they would love the complete prohibition of abortion. And they believe that poverty, rape, disability, unwanted, unwantedness do not morally justify abortion. Okay. So basically they say that no matter what, this child has a right to live. Okay. I'm having... Okay. I understand. I'm... Okay. Sorry. I understand. Okay. So now, moving over to pro-choice. <clears throat> their foundational belief is that the women's right to make decisions about their body mm-hmm. is the most... Is, that's it. Okay. Um, they believe that women have certain reproductive rights, especially the right to choose whether or not to carry a pregnancy to term. They believe that criminalizing abortion is a form of discrimination which further fuels stigmas, not only for people who are pregnant and wish to seek out an abortion, but for people like I mentioned earlier, um, trans men and boys who have uh, have become pregnant. Mm-hmm. They've got that added level, level of stigma to, um with stigma and like discrimination yes, in general because they're dealing with multiple things which like let's not let's not discount what stress does to a pregnancy anyway yes. and like being that stressed out and anxious the whole time you're seeking medical yes. attention yeah and they're against legal restrictions okay so obviously those are like two opposite sides of the spectrum yes and this is we're talking this is like bare bones this isn't special interest lobbies this is just like the down the middle dichotomous pro-life pro-choice these are the basic tenets of like what you are agreeing with with that these were the common themes i found with uh bias sites unbiased sites any site i could find that Mm -hmm. talked about it these were the the most common repeated phrases or themes throughout all of those things this does not encompass all of it obviously no obviously not and it encompasses more than some people would if, if you're identifying as pro-life, this may be some of these things you don't agree with. Yeah, or whatever. I, I, that's another thing, too, is I know that there's even people that I know that are on both sides that yes. do not agree with the tenets of both sides. I think that's a wonderful point that I think that you can be 
Um, you don't have to be 1,000% in or 1,000% out when it comes to laws about this. Yes. I think that you can take the opinion that... Sorry, this is my opinion, but <laughs> you can take the opinion that, you know, there's boundaries to it. Anyway, so um, that's pro-life and pro-choice. For a second, before you go to the next one, um, I would like to touch on the politics of their names. Yes. Um, I don't have a timeline strictly on that, but I do know. I mean, I, I think this is kind of, I don't want to say that this is like basic knowledge because this is one of those things that I learned as like a political science major and like just the phrasing that we use. Um, it is very deliberate that they both have pro as their, mm-hmm. uh, as their moniker, uh, pro-life people want you to think of, uh, pro-choice people as anti-life people mm-hmm. and pro-choice people want you to think of pro-life people as anti-choice people, which is what actually in, in yeah. a lot of the pro-choice like community and movements, I, what I do see is not pro-life, it's yeah. anti-choice because, um, both of even like that's another thing about PR and marketing is PR and marketing is an everywhere in life. So even as something as contentious and emotional as abortion, uh, there are PR, PR and marketing people going in and shaping a lot of these debates. So mm-hmm. um, I've also been that the other the alternatives that I've heard for those are anti-choice and anti-life, which is right. It's very loaded. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's it's not summarized down to pro-abortion or anti-abortion. Absolutely, and yeah. I think that's honestly that's why they don't. I think the reason people don't use those words is that pro-life people didn't want to be anti-abortion people. Yeah, and well, it's not encompassing of what their what their no no, their fun, no the fundamentals are. Yeah, I don't think for either side. Yeah, I don't think it it it. Well, again, this is a much broader topic than can be not a medical topic it's not a social topic it's not a political topic it's all of them it's all of them yes yeah. it's all of the topics all of them it's all of the uncomfortable topics all of the uncomfortable ones so now that we've kind of outlined both sides of the spectrum <laughs> um i did want to talk about common myths that have been scientifically debunked okay um one of those being that abortion causes breast cancer which i did i've never heard that oh well if wow. you read it or see it it's not true is that literally just like a fear tactic? Probably. Okay. Not I would, to, I would have, not to I mean, load that statement. Maybe there have been people who've, who've, who've had, had abortions and then uh, subsequently had breast cancer later on in life. Yeah. And they tried to tie the two together. But I read that scientifically it had been proven that that was debunked. But that could literally be like you have more active hormones and you had a likelihood for that cancer and you maybe were more fertile because of those same overactive... It could be... And that, I'm not a doctor. It doesn't yeah. matter. We're yeah. not doctors. We're not lobbyists. We're not politicians. We're not. We're not qualified. We are not being sponsored. <laughs> yeah. We have no interest in this other than to bring a, a platform to have this conversation. Yes. There is no convincing here. So the next myth was that Abortion is more dangerous than carrying a child to term. Hmm. And um, medical people, whatever, mm-hmm. <laughs> I forget the phrase they use, uh, think that it's actually 14 times more dangerous to carry a child to term than it is to get a, um abortion within, like, the first nine weeks or something. As like far that. as medical risks in general go yes. to you. Okay, yes. yeah. And I think, honestly, too, a lot of that has to do with, like, I mean, you got nine months of bodily stress versus... Well, yeah, and all the stuff that's happening. Yeah, exactly. Um, And then the last one, which is kind of, it's a little bit of a sensitive subject because I think that it could go either way, but the last one is that abortions cause mental health problems, and Mm -hmm. that is not a definitive thing. 
that is not there's like, no causation yeah there might be correlation yeah exactly yeah, yeah. um you might have distress from it, obviously. Yeah. But it's a distressing just because choice. you had it does not mean it's going to happen. Well, it's not. It's not necessarily from that. It's not like caused by a medical reason from that causation. It's literally like these can sometimes, these happen to have gone hand in hand yes. at some points in history. Understandably. Yes, which yes. I think is it makes a lot of common sense for if you just think about that. Like it's. Yeah. I think that's a, another. This, the stigmatism and the... The stigma alone. Yes. Yeah. And the thing is, is, like, there's this misconception that, like, all pro-life people are, like, dancing a jig out of abortion clinics every other month. But, like, this is not a decision that people... Seek out. Seek out. This is not a decision that people... Um, and the thing is, is if you do, and this is the thing that makes your life the way that it needs to go, that is your decision to make. Again, yeah. I know that that's, that's opinion. I, my opinion yeah. is leaking in, but um, I, I, for me, a lot of that has to do with our own right. And I, I know you mentioned this earlier when we were talking is like our own right to our like life and liberty and our own pursuit of happiness is that that is a decision that you make for yourself. Again, mm-hmm. that's my opinion. Right. But I just want to underline, I know that you mentioned this. I don't want it to sound like I'm saying like, Oh, the only people who do this are doing it at like the duress of like a last, that's not the case. No. I don't, I don't, I'm not going to condition. There's bazillions of reasons. There's bazillions of reasons. I'm not going to give you the conditions of why somebody does or yeah. doesn't make a choice. I'm just saying it's not an easy yes or no choice that people make. Right. It's not something that they want to make or like seek out to make. Or well, like it's not like me. It's not like me whatever. picking my breakfast. It's yeah. not like like what am I gonna have juice or coffee this morning? It's yeah. not this just like whatever thing. thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. <laughs> All right. So to kind of wrap things up, because I don't want this episode to be an hour of talking about this subject and having you guys listen to it, especially if we're going to be doing another part of it and um, kind of maybe delving into a little bit more of an opinionated piece about mm-hmm. it or talking about experiences or whatever. Or having or, someone or else. Or having someone else yes. on who can... And honestly, if that's something that would happen, we would welcome a debate too. It will be Absolutely. respectful. It will be... It, there will be boundaries. I just think yes. that this is... We need to talk about this. We need to talk about this in places that are not us yelling at each other across from protest fences. Or on Facebook. Or on Facebook. So the last thing I wanted to talk about was the Human Life Protection Act. Um, many of you know as the Alabama Abortion Law, um, which I just tried to combine into one word there. <laughs> <laughs> Alabashan Law. Alabashan Law. Um, all right, so this law was enacted on May 15th of this year. 2019, and uh, will be implemented in November, two short months away. Wow. And what this does is it imposes a near-total ban on abortion. Um, Under this law, a doctor who performs a banned abortion would be guilty of a Class A felony. Um, Some other things that are listed as a Class A felony include rape and murder, uh, and could be sentenced anywhere between 10 years to life imprisonment. Wow. Um, It as far as I can understand, it doesn't affect the person who got the abortion, just the doctor. Huh. Which doesn't make sense to me. But so the person who gets the abortion doesn't... Are there repercussions for that person? Not that I could tell, but I did not read, like, insanely into this. I just kind of tried to get the broad scope of it so we could talk about it and then move on. See, that actually kind of makes more sense in a political terminology than it would, because it's not... It would... Um, 
it's it's a lot more effective at eliminating people be even being able to get access to them. Right. Because if the doctors are too scared to practice it, where right. are people going to find them? Right. Interesting. Okay. Um, so several amendments were proposed that would have allowed abortions in cases of rape and incest, but they were all rejected. Oh. Um, it defines all unborn children as persons. It bans abortions at any stages of pregnancy. And it provides for exceptions in cases where a fetus has a lethal anomaly, uh, which would cause it to be stillborn or die shortly after birth. So it's it's um, health risks. But if so, I had a friend in high school who um, she was not like a super close friend, but she went to my school, and she was a very very small framed person, like mm-hmm. very very tiny, and um, she got pregnant. I think our junior year. And she was very excited, and her family was accepting and everything. It was honestly, like, for people in that scenario, it would have been best-case scenario. Because, like, when you're when you're young, it's just already, there's yeah. already so many things going against you. Um, and her hips were literally too narrow, so I think yeah. she ended up having to have... No, there's, there's three other exceptions. Okay. Sorry, I should have stopped. No, 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 you're fine. Um, the other three exceptions are in cases where it would cause serious health risk to the mother. Mm-hmm. So your friend who was tiny. Mm-hmm. Um... It, uh, it causes an exception for when the woman has a serious men- mental health issue, which might cause death of herself or the fetus. Okay. And then... Um, okay, so I do think ectopic pregnancies are covered because it does allow for abortions in cases where the mother's life is at risk. And, that would, okay, that and would because sense. that would fall under that, I would assume that they would. And yeah. if it's, the thing is, is a stillborn fetus... Um, Depending on the situation, most of the time they're gonna let you abort it because it's gonna it's gonna start to it's, it'll I don't want to say that on yeah. record, but we already know I, what yeah. I'm saying. Um, so one of the things I found most um, I mean <laughs> this whole thing's kind of shocking, but uh, the um, landslide of votes that happened um, in the House of Representatives it w- was passed seventy four to three, uh, mind you. The other 28 uh, Democratic representatives in the House of Representatives of Alabama got up and just walked out or didn't vote. Um, But even if they had, they still wouldn't have won. Um, And then in the Senate, it won with a vote of 25 to 6. See, I I don't... Okay, this is not my opinion on the topic. This is my opinion on the the politicians doing this. Um, I think it's very cowardly to abstain from a vote that you know will punish your it's gonna it's gonna punish you when you go for re-election but you know that it's not gonna technically do anything because i think the fact that maybe they didn't vote meant that they were taking a stand again against it and saying this is so ridiculous we're just gonna fucking walk out okay all right Um, and even if they had all voted they still wouldn't, they wouldn't have, have won. But that's what I'm saying is because they knew it wasn't going to matter either way. Yeah. So maybe it's this, a, was, this is, was like their big move of like, screw this, we're walking out. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I mean, it could, people could go either way. It doesn't matter. Well, the reason that this kind of shocked me in general is I hadn't I hadn't really considered, uh, I hadn't been thinking about Roe versus Wade when the news of this first came out. Um, I was very almost blindsided but then when I started seeing the other few states like fall in line I was I think it's Georgia and I'm not sure about Missouri I think they might have backtracked but um I know a few of these states that have passed these laws recently I had this weird moment where I was like what is going on and I forgot that like this is literally something that is just talked about openly in the GOP that all of this is to come after Roe versus Wade because if it gets challenged enough this will reopen the case on a 
very conservatively skewed Supreme Court. And no matter what your political opinions are, those are the facts. Like, it's not yes. about what I think or what I don't think. The The Supreme Court is more conservative than it has been in the past. Mm-hmm. And this is a quote-unquote opportune time to reopen this subject if you know that the ball is in your court. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah. It's definitely a long game, and it's definitely very complicated. And um, I don't personally like getting into politics just because I think that it's... A disgraceful part of our country. <laughs> I think the fact that politicians are known to be corrupt and liars and all this stuff, just like, oh, they're a politician. I think that's That it's disgusting. like part of the punchline. Yeah, it's, yeah. I think that's really weird. Really, yeah. really weird. Yeah. Um, but this all, I mean, I don't mean to make everything like a marketing thing, but like this goes back to what we have been conditioned to accept and get used to. Mm-hmm. They've been like this for so long that all of us are kind of just like, oh, all right. Yeah. Yeah. And again, that's I, weird though. That's so weird to me that that's the thing. Uh, it, it has been for so long. I would say I would agree with you, except in, in my, because so my background is in pol- political science and journalism. So like my undergrad was all politics. So a big thing that I noticed is that it's just, it's, it really is what you get accustomed to. And I think part of the reason that a lot of us who did not vote that way in like 2015 and 2016 Part of our concern for having this, like, excuse my opinionated mess of a description, but, like, this, like, blowhard, loud, like, obnoxious person who was going to, you know, take on this office and make it less serious, quote-unquote, is that it's not just about his personality being a certain way. It's about the fact that you don't go back from things like that. The things that we get are demographic, like, the things that we get our citizens and societies used to are the new ideas that become the norm. And if, if, if you are going to keep like the more and more that you stretch something out and this is like a, I'm pretty sure I'm like, well, so I think what I'm quoting is literally like a line from, it's like from like a hip hop song from when I was like in high school. And it was literally just this idea that like the more that you stretch something, it is not going to be able to return to its original dimensions. Right. So if our expectations are stretched or pulled lower and lower... For long enough. And if we have a tolerance that's this low for this type of behavior, we are not going to continue to be shocked by the things that politicians yeah. do. It's gonna, and it's, uh, that's been it's a like, big thing the past couple of years, is that if you keep slamming people over the head with ridiculous shit, they're not going to be able to keep up and they're going to stop caring. Yeah. They're not going to be able to respond. You, you as become much. desensitized to these kinds of yeah, things because like they they're happening every day. Like um, this is a terrible comparison, but um, when I first started working downtown, I was shocked with how many homeless people were down mm-hmm. there, just because they're they're everywhere. And yeah, they're, and it's different than in different parts of yeah, Sacramento. Yeah, and for sure. um, I live in a very very rural part of it, so it's like I don't see that. Yeah, and now it's like walking to my job every morning, I'm so desensitized to it, and I hate it. I hate it so much. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I still notice it, and I still take note of it, but I'm, I'm not scared about it anymore, and it's just, it's so I weird. Don't, I don't like that I, um... It's not that I have an inner dialogue justifying it. It's that, like you're saying, when I see, I see homeless people... I see multiple homeless people every single day. I live I live downtown. Um, homeless people are part of my everyday life. They are part of my community. I, you know, you try and help the people that you can. Um, you get to know some of the people that live around you because mm-hmm. they've lived there for a long time. Um, but I don't like exactly what you're saying. I don't like that my eyes are used to it. Um, my jaded. heart is used to it. Yeah. It, do, it does feel jaded. It feels jaded yeah. to me that when I'm 
when I'm at, when I stop on the freeway and someone is standing on the side that I like, I regularly have to coach myself out of like, you know, like who's helping them and who's like, if, if, if they're in the shade or if like just taking so much like notes on their life and like knowing who these people are, I think it's very, um, it gets draining and you don't want to get desensitized to the fact that these are people that live around you. And I think desensitization is absolutely one of the most powerful things that we can do to people is that like you you other these people for long enough and honestly that's something that our politicians do a lot not to you know kind of drag it a little messy back to what we're talking about is that like if you if you desensitize people to the rights of women for long enough and you treat them like harlots and you treat them like oh the reason that like you want this is because you know it's like the liberal media and like you know women just want to not have to raise families and they want to work and they're being selfish and like all of these other fake reasons that are those aren't even things that people say on either side it's just ridiculous hyperbole that that we get told that's the thing too that i forget that like we get fed hysteria that is not being said on the other side that we get told is being said on that side and that happens on both sides so i think it's it's a mess it's a mess it is a mess um one thing i would like to ask you about i don't know if this is getting too much into opinion but in your research did you find anything that was unbiased about planned parenthood no i didn't even go down the path of planned parenthood yeah I, anytime i saw something with planned parenthood i didn't even go down just there. didn't go down there yeah yeah that one always is like a weird contentious one because i do know that i mean i you know there's like a lot of people in high school that I knew and on for the first several years that I sought like healthcare in those reasons when I like didn't have insurance that's where I went because that's who gave you birth control and that's the who first like time I ever got birth control is from Planned Parenthood. Pelvic exams, breast exams, all of that yeah. stuff dude yeah so um and the, I'm again I don't want to put that opinion out there as like a, a support of it I just know that I've had friends on the other side of this argument who give me statistics about Planned Parenthood that I know cannot be true because, like, the numbers that this this friend of mine gave me were, like, in the millions for abortions. And I was just like, I'd really like for you to, to, ch- to check that. And I know that you said yeah. that you had some numbers, and I don't know. I know you said they were statistics on trimesters. Yeah. Well, first of all, globally, there are 56 million done annually. Globally. Yeah. Okay. And 45% of those are unsafe. Those are like under the table illegal ones. Yeah. 45% of 56 million abortions every year? Yeah. Okay. I'm not sure how updated that statistic was, but I'm pretty sure it was like within the last few years. Yeah. No, that sounds, I mean, that's a mind-boggling number, but I did not... So the number that I heard couldn't possibly be true because it was like yeah. 40 million and it was yeah. that was supposed to be for like the states and I just that's not something just I Just can... a toy with an idea really quick though. Um the, nothing to do with which side of the, you're on. Can you imagine if we had 56 million more people every year on this earth? Oh my god. Just just from like the sheer factor of like how quickly like humans have the ability to reproduce. Yeah, yeah. Like the, <laughs> That alone, like, shocked me. Yeah. Thinking about that many more people every year since, like, 2000, let's say. Yeah, yeah. For however long they've been tracking this. Yeah. Yeah, that's not even something that I'd consider. Because that's the thing is that I would consider that most of these, if they were viable pregnancies, that, let's say, of the 56 million, let's just ballpark, 50 million of them, like, make it to term and mm-hmm. survive. And that's a lot of people. That's a lot of people globally. Yeah. Every year. That's a lot. Yeah. 
So outside of opinion still, that's a good point. I think that's um, another thing, too, that, like, I don't want to make it sound crass, but that's another factor is that, like, we don't have very many checks on population in in human society. And um, that is one of the few, I think, deliberate things that we do. But um, I don't think there are many others, honestly, because the others are, like, disease and, like, war and stuff. Yeah. Have you ever gotten a survey for a census? Do they do that anymore? Yeah, every 10 years. They're coming Uh, around for the next one next year. Well, okay. Nice to me. <laughs> that shows you how much I paid attention to that. Censuses. Um, c- c- censuses are very... Sensei? Im- sensei. <laughs> sensei? Are actually very important. Um, I'm a big fan of the U.S. Yeah. census, even though it's... Maybe I didn't There's a lot funny. of inherent issues in it and a lot of um, biased reporting, but yeah. it is very important to how we split up um, funding, districts, voting, all that stuff. You would so. think that with... Um, Social media and voting and all that jazz now, they kind of have a census every year, every few years. You'd Just you'd with, like, think the amount that, of But that's all private. Do. That's all private data. Those are all mm. private companies that do that. Yeah. And it's the, I think the, the sticky situation there is where uh, those private companies become entitled to give that information over to the government about you. Because that's a very, that's, that's so a big weird. thing about the census, especially now this next year coming up. Um, immigration is a big pro Like... Um, our uh, undocumented numbers are usually pretty skewed just because there's a lot of fear for people to talk to sure. government officials. So a lot of those numbers are not accurate. And honestly, even just second language communities in general, like they're less likely to, to yeah. you know, be comfortable having that conversation. Yeah. Well, I think that there's um, kind of an overarching uh, fear of government to begin with, with yeah. especially our generation. Yeah. Um, just uh, maybe not fear, but just... Weariness. And that's not trusting them so much. Yeah. Um, Which, I mean... Can you blame them? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, is there anything else that you wanted to add about abortion? It's not my business whether or not you get one. And it's not my business whether or not you think that you should get one. I just think that all people should have access to the lives that, that they can access. Then there's her opinion, y'all. Sorry. We discovered it earlier. Oh, God. Um, I think that this is really hard, and I think that it's not one way or the other. That's my opinion. Yeah. I, uh, I, I have a stance about it. I don't really want to share it. Um, I mean, you know it. Yeah. But and that's the thing. I don't, I don't want it to... <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. It's but. not just a matter of, like, all in or all out. Yeah. You know, I think that there's... One thing that I would like to touch on is the common, how common it is for me to hear when I'm having this conversation with um, people who, like, friends, like, female friends of mine or women, people who can get pregnant in general who are having this conversation, is how often I hear, I wouldn't want one and I don't want to have one, but I want the right to be able to have one. Yeah. And I think that that is something that is very, it highlights a lot for a lot of people in the sense that, like, again, um, nobody wants to, nobody wants to make choices like that. Mm-mm. But if it were something that you needed to come to, would that not be a decision that you would want more control over mm-hmm. versus somebody? I'm honestly so terrible at keeping my opinion out of this. I can't do it. Mm-hmm. I can't do it. I'm really sorry. I failed you we, guys. I'm trying. We haven't even talked about um, men's involvement in this. Like, there are people talking about, oh, well, you know, 
what if we required men to have vasectomies or whatever? Like, yeah. We haven't even brought that into it. I yeah. Mean, I think we've really what do you just, think like, about that? the absolute surface of this. Well, again, there's no, literally the reason this has, like, gone and back and forth and, like, pinged and ponged all over is because there's so much to talk about and there are so many aspects of this and one of the things that you mentioned earlier is that this affects all of us like this includes the partners that get you there as well yeah um, there's another person involved there's another say. person involved i you know i'm i'm gonna refrain my opinion on what their what their burden of responsibility is considering that like that's a whole other topic. That's a whole other topic. That's a whole, That's a whole other, other topic. topic in itself. But my only thing about abortion is abortion addresses the pregnancy. And I know that when we're talking about a person's involvement of like, oh, this is a life with somebody else, that starts to get into the topic of whether or not we're talking about potentiality of life and when the fetus is a life yeah. and when the fetus is a baby and all of these yeah. other gray area topics that for me come secondary to the fact that the person who is pregnant is the one that is literally carrying most of this right now Mm -hmm. as far as as far as the life after and like the person after um yeah man that's also very hard because you can't even get there if you're not gonna have that conversation i hate this topic i know this this? this is a terrible idea (laughs) i'm so sorry no i just thought it was so important you know it's like this is happening now. It's been happening now. It's it's going to continue happening. It's I don't think that this fight's ever going to stop. So that's another thing that I would love to talk about. That this is one of those this is one of those debates that I don't ever see not being a debate. Mm-mm. There's I don't think there will ever be enough cultural unification. No. That people will we can't even agree on names for football teams. You are telling me that you are going to bring entire nations together about the value of life? No. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to leave that silence in because I like how awkward it is. (laughs) Um, You think about that. Yeah, you you let that sink in. I just shrugged at her. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well. <laughs> well. So is there anything else that you would like to talk about? Is there anything else I'd like to talk about? I know that I've tried really hard to not have an opinion about this, but I do want this to be a safe space for everyone. And know that even if I disagree with your opinion, I will respect it. Um, but I think that everyone's... I mean, I, I feel like I say this every fucking episode, but everyone has a different path that they walk, mm-hmm. and they're entitled to make the choices they make, and it's not my place to judge. Yeah. Um, obviously, I feel a certain way about this, and obviously, I'm going to stick with that. Um, but I mean, I think everyone's, I, everyone's entitled to continue this fight. Yeah. And everyone's entitled to fight for what they believe in, and I love that they do, and I think that they should continue to do that. Honestly, I think that's a really conflicting part of this conversation is that in a weird way, I, these people that I don't agree with, I do admire that it's so weird to say because you are literally like impeding on people's bodily autonomy. In my opinion, in my opinion, there is bodily autonomy that we are all entitled to that this, this infringes upon as, as a decision that we as a society cannot make for individuals. 
But outside of me thinking that as like a macro political opinion, I do admire that there are people who to them, this is like, this is the noble fight and they are committed. And honestly, in a way, those people are fighting for the same thing that like literally keeps me alive. Right. Like this is supposed to be in honor of like the force of life. Like this is the life that we are all given. The problem is that you're trying to determine who's more important. Yeah, that's that's what I'm no saying. No one can when fucking do that. That's and that's the that's what it comes down to for me is it's not about saying that you're wrong and you're right. To me, it's you are taking on the role of kind of the hierarchy of life, and yeah. that's not for you to decide. I think the reason that conversations like this are for me for hard for me to have, like capital punishment, abort these very big, huge issues that are so hard for us to talk about. The reason they get touchy is because. Some of us go straight into debating what the boundaries of it should be. And there's the rest of us who are outside saying, this is not something we decide for other people. Mm-hmm. This is not something that politics touches on. And I know, like, my views are much more radical than others. But, yeah. like, I think that those things expand much further yeah. out than than other people do. I don't think we have the right. There's, a, there's many things that I wish we didn't legislate. But that's also not up to me. Um, I just think that people's right to do that like you're saying um is also important it's it's more important to me that you are allowed to be on the other side of that fence and that you are allowed to express that opinion than it is for me to win this fight completely i mean here's the thing i want to not win this fight i don't want the 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 types of restrictions that are existing in alabama to to be able to control people's lives only because not because i think that people on that side are wrong but because if you are literally going to make it so erotic, like this is literally just, it's only a policy on this in name, right? Mm-hmm. You are going to, you are going to make the deadline so early on that you are incriminating basically anybody who finds out that they're pregnant. Yeah. Right? So well, that's for me, the unfair part of it is like, you are pretending that this is about abortion when this is about something else. Mm-hmm. This is not, you're not even, it's like when your little brother is like doing that thing where like he's pretending to not touch you. But what he's really doing is provoking you to yell louder. So you're the one that gets in trouble Mm -hmm. because he's not touching you. Right. It's like this like fake thing of like, well, I'm going to I'm going to use this as a vehicle and I'm going to get what I want from another way. And I think that that's a very um, fucked up thing. It's a fucked up thing to do with something that is so fragile for so many of us. Um, I think what blows my mind is that historically it's shown that. We've talked we talked about this already. Countries that have stricter abortion laws don't necessarily lower their abortion rates. They just have more risky and they have fatal, higher death rates. Yeah, I yeah. mean the the repercussions of abortions happen. It's like maybe this isn't a topic that is the underlying cause. Maybe there's something else that's causing this to happen, like access to reproductive, uh, you know, birth control and condoms and stuff like that. Access to knowledge. Um, talking about I don't know there's there's so many other things that could be part of this yeah that this it's just like this is the evil thing that they're attacking yeah rather than like thinking about okay well maybe this is one component of many components but, in the society but the thing okay and I'm, I'm always the person who's like gonna play devil's advocate and say that politicians know that what they're gonna play to is the the single issue voters who are gonna carry them to their next term 
even though they know that what's really going on is underlying issues of redistricting and poverty and real estate values and access to education and access to all of these other things that keep poor people poor and continue to stratify the rich into a smaller and smaller and more wealthy circle, those things that separate us, they bleed into every issue. Every issue is, I mean, I I don't want to minimalize all of the things that we deal with in America or in, in the, in the world, but to me, honestly, what I've started to see more and more is that almost everything is secondary to classism. You, the, the, the fundamental ways that we separate people by class are just getting, like, more intensely highlighted. Am I, am I just, like, This just got you? so political. <laughs> ah, I can't help it. I can't help it. It's okay. It's totally fine. Okay. It's, it's hard not to talk about such a politically driven well, topic the thing is, is without getting into to politics. But that's the thing is that one aspect of it is the fact that the people who are legislating this into a political topic, like we're saying, this isn't just political. This is social. Uh, our families deal with this. Uh, we deal with this as women in our own circles when, like, you know, when somebody doesn't want to have one and they medically need to have one or when somebody does want to have one and they can't access one. Like, these are things that we... We experience this issue on all levels. I think the ugly part of the political conversation for me is that it it completely takes the humanity out of it and it yeah. makes it this issue of like this is, it becomes a tool. It's it a political beca- tool. A words on paper. Exactly. Yeah. And it's so much more to that to all of us, I think. Yeah. Well, listen, we're here if you need to talk or if you don't need to talk or if you want to yell at us. Or if you want to yell at us. I know I've said a lot. I'm sorry, guys. It's fine. Um, I'm open to the conversation. I'm open to talk about it. Uh, you know, that's part of being a person in America is you have the ability to talk about it. And yeah. I think that's important. And, and I think we're losing it. And I would really like to not. Yeah. So if I would, I want this to be an earnest request that yes. we want to talk to you. We want to come back to this, too, because... I mean, we even just trying to wade through this last however many minutes has been really hard. I'm sure you guys will notice this might be a little more scattered than usual. <laughs> yeah. I tried to have a flow and an outline to this. It, it, I mean, obviously, went a little bit awry. But listen, this is, such, this is such an important topic. I want to come back to it. I want to hear what you guys have to say. I want to talk about it. I want to hear your stories, share your stories if you're willing I want to I want to share why you're mad at us right now, why you're happy with us right now, why you have more to add, why you're yelling in your car at us right now. I want to hear it. Yes. And I want to share it. I want your voice to be heard too. Yeah. Um, and we're not afraid of that. If you would, if you need to yell, that's fine. Yeah. I get it. This is not an easy thing to talk about. If you think we're about. terrible people because we believe in what we believe in or we think what we think or we feel what we feel, share it. That's yeah, fine. tell us. I want to know why. Yeah. I want, if you could give me a articulate reason that doesn't have to do with my looks or some bullshit like that, like, yeah. tell me. I like me hear being it. like a frigid yeah. bitch or something. Change, <laughs> yeah, change, yeah, yeah. Change my opinion because I'm, I'm open to hearing other yeah. sides of the spectrum. And that's the thing, too, is like, I, I don't want it. I don't want my inability to um, keep my opinion out of this conversation to isolate me from having this conversation with people I have my opinions but that doesn't I live and love many I live with and love many people who could not disagree with me more they could not think that I was more insane I am probably like the most like left-wing person that a lot of the people in my life know Mm -hmm. um that doesn't mean that I don't respect them and that I don't treat them with respect and that yep. we can't have conversations. Yep. That that's something that we are really um, missing mm-hmm. and I I want to have that. Yeah. So um, please talk to us about 
Talk to us about the opinions I couldn't keep out. Talk to us about all the things you... Just talk to us. Yeah. Talking is what makes, um, you know, it's what unifies us. It's what separates us. It's It's the only way we're going to find any way. It's what makes any progress happen. Exactly. Yeah. I have someone in my family who's very, very close to me. Obviously, they're my family. And they have the exact opposite opinion of me. And that's their choice. Yeah. I mean... I would say... We can talk about it. Yeah. Is a thing. I would say I might be the only person in my family who feels the way that I do. Um, and I'm okay with that. I'm used to it. Um, one thing that I appreciate about my family is that they... <laughs> it might just be because I'm outnumbered, but they can just literally laugh it off and brush me off as, you know, just like this idealistic person who, like, wants Black too sheep. much for the world. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we can be compassionate to each other, and they can just know that the reason that I feel that way is because that I care so much. Yeah. Um, and not because I'm trying to be a thorn in their side. Yeah. So um, this is a conversation that we need to have, and we'd like to have it with you. Because it's making me really uncomfortable to keep saying this. <laughs> so this is uncomfortable. This is uncomfortable. Um, you can email us if you have something very large to write out. You need a keyboard for. This yeah. is uncomfortablepodcast at gmail. We're also on Instagram. This is Uncomfortable Podcast. Reach out. Reach We're out, here. man. We gotta go. We need to go watch some... Yeah. Let's I go watch to, a Disney movie. I wanna be some tacos. Yeah. We love you. Love you. Okay, bye. Bye.